You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, um, we'll get started. My name is uh, Steve Doyle, and this is Cindy Whatcom. And we're just going to be sharing, uh, you know, a little bit of, of our story, our background, and things like that. Um, and, you know, and just trying to make sense of, like, what God has done in your life to this point and what God is going to do in your life, you know, in the future. And uh, let's start out with a prayer. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this night. Just thank you for everyone's uh, heart to be here, um, you know, battling through traffic and a discouraging day, um, a difficult boss, whatever it might be, uh, just to be here, God, to hear your word and to fellowship and to lift up your name. And uh, God, I just pray that you speak through Cindy and I just to get your word across of what you want us to share, Father. And uh, just thank you so much for everything that you do for us, God. Uh, we're grateful of everything that you give us, and uh, most of all for your son. And uh, thank you so much for his sacrifice, and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, all right. You know, it's funny. Marco said the title of the lesson is going to be Making Sense of All This. And my life doesn't make much sense to me, so it's kind of, uh, kind of funny that he gave me this, uh, this one to go by. Um, well, my background is uh, I've been a Christian for 18 years. I was, I was met uh, shortly out of college. And um, at the time, you know, like there was a lot of things that were, you know, just going well in my life. You know, I just graduated. I got a degree in chemistry. I was working as a process engineer for an automotive company, you know, making, you know, good money. Um, I was asked to lead in the, the group I was in in Ohio. Uh, first it was singles, and then they added on campus, and then they added on teens because it was, you know, small ministry. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, okay, sure, you know, whatever you want. And, uh, you know, and then started uh, started dating, um, got a better job, got transferred to L.A., and got married, bought a condo. You know, it's like everything is boom, 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 going along, and, you know, what? It feels to be like the right direction and like God's really blessing my life. And, uh, you know, shortly into the marriage, you know, there was problems as, as always happens. And, um, you know, first, uh, we had just bought a condo and we were in San Pedro at the time and I got laid off from my job, like bought the condo, got laid off from my job like a month later. And, um, and then, so got another job, was trying, you know, was making like half the money that I, I was at the other one and was like, geez, I shouldn't have bought this condo. And, and then shortly after that, my wife had a miscarriage. And, you know, and it's like, you know, it's hard like thinking, you know, like, okay, God, you know, going to be positive. You know, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, you're doing something here. And, um, you know, shortly after that, I, I got into a major car accident. Like, this is all, like, within a year. <clears throat> and it, it was hard. You know, I started feeling d discouraged and angry toward God and just, you know, like, you know, what are you doing, God? Do you, do you really know what you're doing in, in my life? And, um, 
my wife uh, developed uh, depression and you know which kind of made things like very difficult in the marriage and uh, you know shortly after like I had to sell the condo couldn't really keep up with like the payments you know she wasn't working and so we sold the condo she really wasn't doing too well and so I I decided I, I got a lot of advice and decided to move back to the East Coast we both had family there and I was like you know maybe this will help maybe it'll help uh, you know just praying about it I prayed about it for a year before we actually made the move and and then just you know went for it and um, you know moved around a lot these are the states that I've lived in or, or worked in like through that time uh, New Jersey New York Pennsylvania Rhode Island Massachusetts Texas Indiana Nevada and then back to California so it was just like I felt like Abraham you know when he was just like just traveled in tents you know he's like don't set roots you're not staying long and you know just you know from different positions and different situations and um, you know and I was just trying to, to get her help but it, it really like wasn't working very well you know things weren't going well in the marriage and um, like uh, she was taking some medication and, and then stopped and was back back and forth back and forth and um, through just a number of situations uh, you know we just ended up getting divorced she, she moved out and we got divorced and started feeling like more upset in my heart toward God and then even my, my job wasn't going well and I was like you know it was hard because I was paying for the divorce and and everything like that and you know like really God is this this is your will for my life you know like to to go through all this pain you know my thought is like hey life is short enough right and like why is all this pain why does all this pain need to be added like along the way and um, and even just thinking like you know hey I was dating uh, two and a half years pure dating relationship doing it your your way God you know doing it the right way and and still everything seemed to fall apart so it left me with just a lot of questions of do I want to continue being a Christian you know like is God really as good as the Bible says you know is is God really looking out for me you know because it just I was just like for years it just felt like all pain and um you know, left me like really wondering and thinking um, what I what I should do, you know, with my life. And um, I'm going to have uh, Cindy share her story, and then we're both going to uh, give some practicals. Okay, um, I shared part of this before, but um, you know, I think. Uh, Thinking back on before I was a disciple, um, I went through my parents' divorce when I was in high school. So right off the bat, I was just didn't want to get married, didn't want to, you know, go through the pain of um, waking up one morning and realizing that maybe my husband didn't love me, um, I didn't love him, I just didn't want to even go there. So, you know, I, I pretty much... Uh, didn't want to get married, and I was met um, at San Diego State University campus and um, started studying the Bible and 
became a Christian um, and started looking at the marriages in the church, the people that I knew, and thought, you know, maybe, maybe that maybe God's a difference. You know, maybe God is the one that can really helps help you know a couple have a great marriage. So I really started to dream and kind of hope that maybe I could have that you know happily ever after. Um, and in uh, 2012, um, one of my worst fears uh, came to fruition. Um, my husband didn't love me anymore. He um, left me and my two girls and filed for divorce. Um, I was married for 19 years. I got married as a disciple. We were both disciples. And, uh, you know, I thought, this is not supposed to happen. You know, God, this was not, this is not what I signed up for. Um, I felt you know, just trying to figure out, you know, the title of our lesson is, you know, how to make sense of it all. And I don't think, I don't think you can make sense of it. You know, it just, it happens and you have to, you have to deal. I have to deal. You know, I was, I remember feeling numb. I remember feeling angry, just discouraged. Um, just, you know, how do I, how do I fix this? I have two kids. What do I, what do I do? You know, I'm not, I'm not a wife anymore. I'm just a mom. You know, how do I how do I deal with this? And uh, it just you know I remember feeling um, and I can still feel this way guilty, um, ashamed, you know, embarrassed for the things that have happened in our life. And um, I remember just thinking, you know, I'm so grateful that I have kids because it kind of helped me kind of keep it together you know I had to get them up get them to school you know still take care of them and it's like that really helped me in a way to just not check out totally you know um I knew that I needed God I mean God was God was it for me he was the only stable force in my life at that point you know and I needed to get close to him um felt like I needed him just to get through my day, honestly, every day. Uh, my character is to stuff my feelings, to stuff my emotions, and to not let people get real close to me. Um, I can put up walls really easily and uh, only allow people to get so close. And as a disciple, I've gotten a lot better at that, but I still, I still feel that it's difficult for me to trust. It's one of the things that I still need to battle. Uh, there's a book that I read by Gloria Baird. It's called God's Pitcher. And um, in in one of the chapters, it talks about turtles and talks about trusting God. And, you know, you picture a turtle that has a hard shell, and the turtle uses its shell for protection. You know, when it feels a predator coming, it feels fearful, it'll draw in and it'll get protection from the shell. And Gloria compared this to us. You know, when we get scared in our life, when we get fearful, we can draw in to ourselves and we can self-protect. But what God wants us to do is to, you know, instead of drawing into ourselves, he wants us to trust him, you know, and stick ourselves back out there, kind of, you know, continue to be vulnerable, continue to, you know, live our life and get close to God and trust that when we do get hurt, that God will heal our hearts, you know. Um, and I think, too, when, at least for me, when I can draw into myself, I will protect myself, but I think about some of the things that I may miss out on, you know, some of the great things that I'll miss out on in my life because I'm so fearful of taking a risk, of, you know, letting myself be vulnerable again, um, risking getting hurt, you know, in relationships. And uh, 
So um, I'm going to turn it back over to Steve. So thank you. All right. We got the, the cheery lesson tonight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, in, in the midst of all this, it was almost like looking at it all, because there was, like, so much going wrong at one time. It was, like, literally lost uh, my wife, my job, my condo, like, all the savings. I had a lot of money in savings that all just had to go toward the divorce and and things like that. And I was, like... I even sold my truck. I was like, wow, I'm living a, a, like a bad country song. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's a, there's a joke that says if you play a, a country song in reverse, you get your, your truck back, you get your dog back, and you get your wife back. And I, that's what I felt like. I was like, wow, I just got my country song. Um, and, uh, you know, but, yeah, it just left me with a lot of time to think, you know, like as the – you know, you go through everything and the dust settles afterward. It's just like, okay, God, you know, where are you through all this? And where, what am I supposed to get from this? And, you know, I really contemplated just like, I was like, if I'm ever going to leave God, it's going to be now. You know, I was like, in, in the midst of all this, probably a lot of people wouldn't fault me. They would just be like, well, it just, you know, went through a lot. But, you know, um, I thought about it and I was like, where would I go? You know, where, where am I going to go to get away from God? Where am I going to run to that God's not going to see me? Um, you know, and even like when uh, Jesus was sharing with the apostles and, uh, you know, he put a hard teaching out there. I think it was in John 6. And uh, so a bunch of people left. And he turned to his apostles and he said, do you guys want to leave too? You know, he didn't say, hey, let me make this easier for you. He said, do you guys want to leave too? He said, you're welcome to. And, and uh, Peter said, you know, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what I felt like. I was just like, I want to leave, but really, where am I going to go that I'm, I'm going to run from God? Um, so I want to look at a, a couple scriptures. If uh, someone would, would mind reading uh, Job 2, verse 7 through 10. Anyone want to read that? Okay, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, if, if you've ever, I mean, most everyone in here has probably read the first couple chapters of, of Job, but Job loses everything. He had like 10 children, you know, dead. Uh, he had a bunch of animals, like, which were money, which was money back then. That's what you traded. And they were all gone. His house leveled. I mean, and not, and not only that, like his entire body physically from the top, it says the top of his head to the soles of his feet was afflicted with painful sores, and you know, and it's just like when I looked at at Job's heart in this, like even his wife, you know, said, 
what are you holding on to? Curse God and die. You know, it's like, thanks, sweetie. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Job just said, hey, shall we accept only good from God and not trouble? You know, and a lot of times I think as, a Christ, as Christians, we tend to think like, okay, I'm a Christian now. Everything's going to go my way. Everything's going to go right. Uh, every, you know, like, I'm not going to have to pay bills anymore. Like, I, I can go into work late, you know, like, whatever. Uh, everything's just going to go my well, my way. And I had that kind of uh, attitude when I first was baptized. I was like, man, I know I've messed up in the past, but I'm doing things right now. God's going to just guide me through. And there's a lot, there's actually religions out there that teach this. It's like a prosperity Christianity. And uh, it's very dangerous because when those people will those people will go through tough times, the Bible promises it. I mean, if you, if you read into, like, what all the different prophets went through, I mean, it's amazing, the, the amount of suffering. And when, after, when I was going through everything, uh, I did a study on suffering and, you know, looked at what Job went through, what Joseph went through, what David went through, you know, like, never really looked into it, like, too much before, but they all uh, suffered intensely. David was on the run. It was estimated from anywhere from 7 to 13 years running for his life because the king, King Saul, was trying to kill him. And he had to sleep in caves. He had to sleep in the wilderness. You know, he didn't have a home. He was just on the run. Um, You know, Joseph, you know, we know his story, sold into slavery by his brother. He was beaten up, sold into slavery by his brothers, and, you know, convicted of a crime he didn't commit. And then he spent years in jail, uh, you know, as he was convicted of this crime. I'm sure, like, the things that he must have felt as he was going through that, you know, toward God, you know, were probably pretty intense. And, um, you know, you, you look at all the apostles. If you ever, you ever do a, a study and look at how all the apostles died, they, I mean, they were all martyrs except for John. John, you know, survived, and he ended up writing... Uh, revelation, but he, even he was boiled in oil, like the, all the rest of them. Like you read through it, one was dragged to death by horses, one was hung, one was beheaded, crucified upside down, uh, you know, boiled in oil. It was just like incredible the things that these people went through and held on. You know, they, they could have, you know, they were given a choice when when it came down to it. Like, hey, if you renounce your faith, you'll live, and they're like, no, you know, just do what you got to do. And, you know, it, it really helped me uh, get a better, better perspective. You know, like, okay, God wanted this for something in my life. And um, if someone could, could you look up uh, Hebrews 2, 9 through 10? Yes. Still, like, baffles me 
is, you know, Jesus had to be made perfect through suffering. Like, Jesus is sinless. You know, he was with God in the beginning. You know, the John 1 talks about that. Um, you know, it's like, why, why did Jesus need to be perfected? But God says his suffering perfected him. And if, if Jesus had to be perfected through suffering, how much more me, you know, a sinful man? And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, humbling to, uh, to think about. And if, uh, if someone could read um, Isaiah 53, 1 through 10. You know, this is, we are, you know, just a great scripture about Jesus and, and what he went through. Does anyone want to read that? T.R.? One through ten. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that he should be, that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by man and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to, to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of, all, of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to, to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. In his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit on his mouth. Yet it was the land, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and through the Lord make his life an offering for sin. He will he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and he and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a deep scripture. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot in here. You know says one Jesus there's nothing that in his appearance that you know people would desire about him it says he was a man of suffering and familiar with sorrow you know and it's like this is the son of god you know who like he's bringing salvation to the world and he was with god in the beginning he's going back to god and it's like why you know it, it it's kind of it's just uh, baffling, you know. He's a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Um, and then, even when you're looking at verse 10, it says it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And that one, you know, is confusing too. And I mean, like who, who of uh, 
you know, if there's any parents in the room who would like say, hey, this is my son. It's my will to, to crush him. You know, it's my will to make him suffer. And it's like, you know, and, and those kind of things like kind of shook me, you know, because I was like, how, how can that be? You know, what parent wants to see their child suffer? But God allowed it just so that we could come to him. He wanted, God wanted to show us how much he loved us by allowing his son to suffer. And, you know, and in a way, you know, and Jesus allowed it too. He's willing to, to go through that, that humility that we can come to a relationship with God, right? And um, let's see. Um, can someone read Genesis 45, 4 through 8? 45, 4 through 8. And this is, uh, you know, based on uh, Job, or I mean, uh, Joseph and everything that, that he went through and just his perspective at the end of everything. Anyone read that? Thanks. Thanks. You know, and this is uh, Joseph after, you know, being beaten by his own brother, sold into slavery, um, he working as a slave and being accused of rape, which he didn't commit, being thrown in prison, you know, and, and staying there, having to stay there longer because the people who said that they would get him out forgot about him. And, you know, after he went through all this, you know, he just... He had a great perspective, you know, and he's like, don't be distressed. He goes, it wasn't because of you that this is the way my life went. You know, it wasn't because of you that I had to suffer this way. And he's like, God made this happen. God sent me down that path and he, cause he had a better purpose for it. Right? Like if it wasn't for Joseph, you know, going into Egypt, interpreting the dreams and having Egypt, you know, set aside their grain for years and years and years before the the intense famine came, like that whole region would would be dead. Like the Israelites, the Egyptians, everybody. Because they wouldn't have saved like nearly as much. Uh I think the famine was for what, seven years? You know, where there would be no there was no grain, like no plowing, no reaping, nothing for seven years. It was just intense famine and you know Joseph just had a great perspective he's like hey God made this happen you know not you so you know don't hold it against yourselves and uh, got one more scripture to share in Acts 9 
15. Someone wants to read that. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is about uh, Saul, Paul, when, and his conversion. You know, that they were, Paul was actually murdering Christians. So, and then all of a sudden he shows up and, and Jesus is like, hey, baptize him. And, and they're like, I don't want to go near that guy. And, uh, and Jesus is like, Go. He said, this, this man is my chosen instrument to take my word to the Gentiles. And at the end, he says, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And, you know, so because I went through a time where I was like, because of, you know, the pain that I felt, like maybe God doesn't forgive me. Maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe God doesn't care, you know. Um, but when, when you look at these different stories, you know, God allowed Jesus to suffer. God loved Jesus, you know, Jesus allowed Saul, Paul to suffer, you know, did he love him? Like, he entrusted him to take his message to, you know, millions of people, you know, and even like uh, Job, you know, it's like God allowed Job to suffer greatly. Did, Did he love Job? You know, he just, he lifted up Job at the beginning of chapter one as a, as a man who's righteous and devout, you know, and he said, God says this to Satan. He said, there's no one on earth like him. No one still allowed him to suffer. So, um, it just helped me. Just wanted to share this with you because it helped me put things into perspective of, you know, pain and and suffering and, and sorrow. Um, because when, when I became a Christian, I had the wrong perspective you know, and, you know, I have this book that a friend gave me that I used to just write out, you know, scriptures and study out different things, heart and trust and, and faith and obedience and love and, you know, fruits of the spirit. And I would just write out scriptures for my quiet times. And um, there's not one study that I did as, an, as a young Christian that where I studied out suffering, you know, where I studied anything similar to that and you know as I was like looking through this recently I thought about that I was like isn't that interesting and you know it's like we we tend to I know I tend to read the parts of the Bible I want to read and avoid the parts that I don't want to read you know I don't want to hear about the suffering I don't want to have to deal with it and because because it's hard so it's not fun there's nothing enjoyable like hey it's time to suffer like great, let's go. You know, I'm excited. You know, it's like you, you can't be, you know, it's just, it's one of those times when you just have to endure. And even in coming to church at, at those times when I was like at my lowest, I, I really, I couldn't sing songs. Like it was so hard when I came in and, and everyone was singing. Uh, I just literally, I would just have to like walk away for a minute because, you know, there's, there's even a proverb that says, you know, talks about singing songs to, 
a sorrowful heart, you know, and it's, it's like it, it was just painful to have to sing songs and, you know, like, it is well with my soul. And I would go in, I'm like, it's not well with my soul. Eh? And, <laughs> there's nothing well with my soul. And, you know, and just having to, to hear those things and listen to it. And, um, and even, like, one of my best friends, uh, Todd Rankin, he got – I was living with him at the time I was going through my divorce and he was getting married and asked me to be his best man. And I'm like, can you put me in a different spot? Like I have to be an usher or something like you want me to give like the toast. Like I'm going through a divorce right now. He goes, yeah, it's got to be you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I'd like asked him. I begged him. I was like, please, you know, take some take someone else who's joyful, who's going to be like, you know, happy to to be in that spot. Because uh, I was like, I don't know if it can be me right now. Um, but, yeah, you know, and just wanted to share this because, you know, we don't have control of our lives. It's an illusion that, that we do have control of our lives. You know, God will put you down the path that he wants you to go in. And we can try and veer off to the right, to the left, or whatever, but God's going to send us down the path that he wants us to go. You know, and... There's many, many scriptures that talk about it. Even like I was thinking in like John uh, 21, where Jesus comes back after he's resurrected and he talks to to Peter, and he said, "When you're young, you went where you wanted to go. He's like, when you're old, you'll be guided to a place you don't want to go. You know, and because he ended up being crucified like Jesus, and he he asked to be crucified upside down because he would he was like it would be a dishonor." to be crucified the way my Savior was crucified. And, and the people did that for him. They, they crucified him upside down. And, you know, and it's just a matter of when we do go through difficult times, challenging times, we have, we have a choice. We have a choice to make. You know, are we going to trust in God that, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but you're going to get me through it. Or are we going to walk away? Many have walked away. Most walk away. Let's be honest. When when it comes push comes to shove, and the pain is too much, most people walk away, bail out like one way or the other. Um, but we have a choice to make. You know, are we gonna just stick, do what Jesus said? You know, and stick to to God and he said, not my will, but your will be done. We all have hopes and dreams and. Things like that we want to see accomplished in, in our own lives, but God's hopes and dreams for your life, for my life, are better than what we have. You know, it, we're hoping for things that will just last while we're on this earth. He's looking like way beyond and getting us to heaven and getting our friends and family and coworkers to heaven, which is much more important in the long run. And God can use our lives to help other people get there. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's wrap this up. Um, okay, so hopefully as we've been sharing, uh, you guys have been able to think through, you know, maybe what in my life doesn't make sense right now or what in the past maybe hasn't made sense. And, um, you know, it's it's... I'm, I'm realizing that it's not, it's how I look at my situation that really needs to change. And like Steve was saying, we can't change our situation, but we can change how we view it. Um, 
I remember the first the first year of of my divorce just submerging myself in the Psalms. I just I had to go back to God. I had to remind myself of God's promises. I had to remind myself that no God loves me. Um he believes in me. He still, you know, has plans to use me. I just I needed that constant reminder uh to really stay faithful and uh just to get my confidence and my validation from God. Uh, there are two verses that are my favorite that uh, I wanted to share with you. The first one is Proverbs 3.3. 3. And anyone that knows me um, is probably so sick of hearing this. But um, Proverbs 3.3 3 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your, your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And, uh, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and I thought, gosh, why would God... Why would he say this? Why, why does he want love and faithfulness, you know, to never leave us? Why do we always have to have that in our heart? And how how hard is that? You know, when you're going through something difficult, to be like, no, I have to love. No, I have to be faithful. I mean, that's so uh, it's so challenging um, when you're going through something difficult. And then if you read a little bit further, in verse five, it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And I thought, you know, the only way to let love and faithfulness never leave me is if I trust God like this. You know, I can't, I can't rely on the things that I understand in my life. I have to rely on what I know about God. You know, um, God wants me to trust in him with all my heart. You know, think about... Who am I trusting in? Am I trusting in me? Am I trusting in my past? Am I trusting in my talents or my abilities? No, I need to trust God no matter what. Even when I will never make sense of the things that happen in my life, it still doesn't give me an excuse to not trust God. You know, bottom line, I think for me, I, um, I'm determined to trust God even when it's hard. I'm determined to never let love and faithfulness leave my heart. But, you know, that's always a challenge. I mean, trusting God is always so difficult, and yet the rewards are amazing. Uh, how do we wrap this up? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, came up with a couple questions that you can either talk through or just, you know, think through, I guess. is You know, what, what do you do when things don't make sense? For you, you know, where do you go? Uh, who do you run to? You know, do you run like Steve was saying earlier? Do you run away somewhere? Do you run towards God? Do you run towards something? Uh, but just to really think, you know, it's not. You know, our, our situation won't change. We do need to suffer like Jesus suffered, but yet God is with us every step of the way, and He will walk through every valley with us. So thank you for coming. (laughs) All right, thanks. We'll just close in a prayer. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for uh, this night. Uh, Just thank you for everyone's, yeah, just heart being willing to be here. Uh, Thank you for your word, God, that just instructs us, that that helps us, you know, to get through the difficult times. Thank you for the examples of your apostles, 
your prophets, uh, and your son who persevered, God, and, you know, are now with you in heaven, you know, and that is our ultimate uh, goal. That is uh, the ultimate reward that you promise us, God, and God, I just pray that you uh, you help us, yeah, just get through uh, the difficulties that are presented to us in this life so that we can spend eternity with you. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, just everything that you do for us, God. I thank you for your forgiveness, your love, your grace, just your, your, your characteristics, God, and just help us to... Uh, you know, have those in our, in our own lives and share those with other people. And uh, thank you for this night. Please help us all just get home safely and uh, just have a, a great rest of the week. We love you. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.